Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, an entrepreneur's podcast. I'm Kaya Bondurant. And I'm Aubrey Lauren. And today we are going to be sharing our top 10 tips on how you can become a speaker. Yes. And we just uh, finished a speaking event and we were talking about all the ideas we had from it, what we did to prepare. And we thought, what better way to share with you guys than to share what we've what we're doing right now? Right. I've had a few people reach out rather on Instagram or even some friends and be like, how did you get started in this? Uh, What, you know, how do I do it? And so, you know, we came up with these 10 tips. Um, Some of them are completely original. Some of them are inspired by other people. I'm I use the speaker lab uh, for a lot of my information. But um, yeah, we're ready to get into it, Kaya. Yes, absolutely. So speaking, it is funny because some people aren't even interested in being speakers, right? They think I could never be in front of a crowd. I would never want to do that. Yeah. But you wanted to be a speaker. Yeah. I feel like I have something to say. Um, I don't think I am naturally so gifted at it, actually. I think it's something I have to work really, really hard at. Whereas I feel like your experience is different, but mine is definitely rooted in uh, having something to say and wanting to help people. But yeah, why why did you want to get started, Kaya? Well, how about, should I tell you a story? Uh, yes, so we <laughs> want to hear a story. <laughs> so uh, when I was in, I think it was 10th grade, I took a speech class. And so when I was in high school, I played sports and I was in art and I did took all the hard classes that I could take. I was always trying to figure out what can I do so I won't be bored. But there was one thing that I wouldn't do and it was speak. It was be in plays, it was be in debate or any of those type of classes. I was really uninterested in it, but you had to take a speech class to graduate. And so in our high school, there was this really uh, cool guy who was the uh, school counselor. And so he wasn't the speech teacher. He, uh, He was a school counselor, but he came into our speech class one day and was being the sub just like a short-term sub for just that hour and he was sitting there and he okay small town he rode a palomino in the parade so he was that's like a horse you know a palomino horse it was like those ones that are like honey colored (laughs) and he wore cowboy boots to school every day and he just was like and he worked at the school yeah he was he was a school counselor Okay, okay yeah he was a school counselor okay So, but he was cool in our small town, you know, like kind of this debonair older man, not that we had a crushes on him, but he was just like kind of unreachable, which doesn't make any sense for the school counselor. But anyway, so (laughs) I just have this memory of him and he was sitting in the class and he was like, he was all that he's, he sat back in the chair, put his feet up at the desk, was getting ready to listen to us do our, our things and flipped over backwards in the chair on his (laughs) (laughs) back. And I just remember, I just thought that was fantastic. That's like my memory of speech class in high school. Not giving any speeches, just watching him to just just splat on his back and just thinking all that, uh, all that panache was just smashed into a pile. But uh, yeah, so I never thought I wanted to be a speaker. I was always like, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm embarrassed to be in front of people. I don't want to do that kind of thing. But I, I mean, I ran for student body president. So I obviously was, I, I didn't know myself. Yeah. I didn't know myself. And so the reason that I didn't know myself and I didn't know that I would want to do that or be good at that was because of our number one on our list. 
your why. Mm-hmm. My why. So, so, t- yeah. so tell about that, Aubrey. Number one um, for our top 10 tips on becoming a speaker is figure out your why. So in order to really succeed at something, I'm sure you guys have heard this, but you need to have a why you want it. Why do you want to do it and be rooted in that? So for me, my why um, has always been that I, I really want to help people. And I've been through a lot. I've worked really hard to get to where I am. And I think I have shortcuts for a lot of things. Or I've figured out some things that I think are valuable. But I also think that it supports the ultimate dream of where I'm trying to go. I would love to be a life coach or business coach one day. Um, but to get there, I'm going to have a have to have a reputation. And this helps me get there. And so just kind of backing it out for me. Um, but yeah, that's... My why is pretty simple, and I think a lot of you, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to be a speaker, I'm sure there is some of that, like, I want to help people. But Kaya, what what's your why? Well, so, you know, back then, as a teenager, obviously, I thought I didn't want to speak. I thought that it, I was too embarrassed to get in front of people. I did well in the class. Let's be clear. I got an A. <laughs> <laughs> We're not messing around. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. But uh, when I was... It, when I when I was a teenager, one of the things we would do each summer is be part of this youth missions trip to the inner city of Kansas City, and so we would do lots of work projects and work with the children and the pastor who was in charge of that. It was Christian related, but it was definitely very humanitarian. He asked me to go with him to all of these other little churches, like hundreds of little churches all around Kansas City, and get other kids to get involved. And so we would go church to church and sometimes it would be like a couple days and I had another friend who came along too and we would travel around and speak in front of these groups of teenagers and tell them what, what, why it was great, why they should come. And I had no problem doing that. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't uncomfortable because I had a, I, I knew that they would love it and it would be such a great experience for them. And I wanted them to know about it. And so that helped me to understand, like, I don't necessarily want to stand up and give an expository expository talk about why scrunchy hair bands are great, although it was a great talk, let me tell you. (laughs) Scrunchy hair bands are fantastic, but that's not really that great of a why. And so when I started in the photography industry and we were asked to speak in the photography industry, I knew we could make such a difference for people because so many people didn't even weren't doing digital weren't uh, doing in in person sales didn't know anything about what we were doing. It was really groundbreaking. And so I knew that we could make a difference. And I remember these experiences of people coming up uh, a year later after they'd heard us speak and saying what you said, changed my life and changed my business. Wow. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, when we're talking about you say, I've, I've got this idea, I think this is a great way how this will work. I'm always like, yes, Tell me how to do it. Let's share it because I think we can make a difference for people. Yeah, for sure. That's a long one for the number for number one, but (laughs) (laughs) no, it's great. So number two is know what you want to speak about based on your why. And this is important. Uh, They tell you if you go through any classes on how to get jobs for speaking, uh, they'll explain that if you have too many topics and too many things you can talk about that 
you're less likely to be chosen because you are not niche down. Like you're not an expert at any one thing. You just know a little about a lot of things. So um, I know for me, I have, I still have a couple of different things that I'm passionate about talking about, but they're for different industries. Like for the photography industry, um, I want to help elevate it using social media and teach mainly boomers or the generation that's not utilizing social media. And I want to help them book clients that way because it's it's a world of itself that is worth exploring. So that's why I'm passionate about speaking um, on that there. But then what I'm probably most passionate about is how to change your life because I feel like I've um, worked hard to change my life and do a 360 and um, how I used a morning routine to um, be the catalyst for that. So those are kind of my things on what I love speaking about and what I want to speak about and share based on um, my why. So Kaya, what are yours? Yeah, well, I think for photographers, I like to speak about what's working now because it's always changing and I want to have something just absolutely actionable that they can take away and change their business for the better that next week Yeah, when they leave. At some point we can talk about this, but I can't stand the concept of beige, of everyone being put in a box and being like other people. And so that is really like maybe the underlying thing for me is fi- figuring out who you are and then learning how to share that with the world. Yeah, that is definitely something you do just on the daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a problem with talking about things, right? <laughs> All right. So number three, start speaking. And it's okay if you start small. Nothing is too small because the first couple of times you do it, you are going to be so nervous unless you have the personality type that like 10% of the world has. I'm pretty sure you have that one, Kaya. You're a seven on the Enneagram, the enthusiast. But the rest of us are going to get nervous and that's natural and how we are. We're going to have to learn this skill. So the best thing you can do is start doing it. And if that means speaking with for a church group, you know, maybe it's just 10 people or a youth group or, um, you know, volunteering to speak at an event or whatever it is, start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that just is pretty clear. And it's funny because even though I am the type of personality that likes to be in front of groups, I didn't know it until I started practicing it too. Yeah. So you may be the kind of person that would rather be the one with the mic and think it's everyone's safer if I just have the mic and I'm telling everyone what to do. This is just the safest place. Uh, you, you might not know it until you get out there and start taking some opportunities. For sure. Okay, so number four, practice, practice, and practice. You... I don't know. Some people say that you can practice too much. I am not of that mindset. I don't believe that you can practice too much. What are your thoughts on it, Kai? <laughs> well, I think you should practice some, but I was really impressed. You know, when you were p- putting your talks together, you would say, okay, I practiced today and I practiced the next day and I did it in the mirror and this time I recorded it. And I think it really made a difference because when you get up there to speak, things are going to go wrong. And so when you practice, then you aren't just totally flat flabbergasted about what to do. Yeah. And that definitely happened at this last event. My, the biggest event 
I was on the stage for like by myself was just a couple months ago and um, the notes didn't work and oh my gosh it was just like instant panic set in it's like the most dreaded thing I had bullet points with even just a couple words to remind me of like okay then you're gonna segue into this and then you're gonna segue into this and it was a pretty long talk with a lot of information and not a lot of stories stories are easier to tell without notes um but my notes were gone they wouldn't load and I had to do the whole talk without them but thankfully I had practiced over 50 times and the reason I use that number 50 um that was my goal to practice 50 times before my first event that I gave this talk um, was because I heard somebody else on a podcast say that you really don't know it really like have it memorized and know how you're going to move and how you're going to present and when to pause until you've done it 50 times. Now, I don't know if there's like science behind this or if there's a reason they said 50 times, but I took it to heart and I was like, all right, I'm going to start counting how many times I practice. I'm going to practice different ways. And, um, I am so thankful I did because naturally if I hadn't, I wouldn't have been able to just wean, wean it. Like I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, don't practice what I'm going to say when I change it each time. But I think for specific types of presentations, practicing is vital. So I've had so much experience because I do like, I, I talk weekly on, oh, I've done the podcast for a couple of years. I talk weekly. I host our church on Sundays. And then I've spoken just for 25 years for photographers. So I've had the opportunity to just get a lot of experience. And so I like, like I said, I like to do things that are new and talk about fresh things. But this last event that we did when I uh, talked, I did practice it a little bit. And I realized that one of the things that made a big difference is the jokes worked better. So they were funnier because I practiced it and I practiced pausing after I said the funny thing so that that would give them a chance to laugh and then, you know, they would know to laugh because normally I just help everyone by laughing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I start laughing myself and then it makes it, everyone knows to laugh. But uh, I didn't realize that pausing, my husband was telling me that he was hearing me and he was like, you keep laughing. Are you wanting people to laugh? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh. If you pause, then you'll get the laugh better. And it worked. It did. <laughs> Everybody was laughing. Yeah. Pretty and, hard. <laughs> well, and I had people come up to me later and go, I didn't know you were funny. <laughs> Is that a compliment? I don't know. That's funny. Okay, number five. Okay, record yourself and ask for feedback. So this one can be so painful. Oh, I hate this one the most, um, but it's it's worth it. Yes, I went to a speaker event. So like where you go and you practice and you speak. And so I they, they said to send in your like five minute talk beforehand so that they could hear it. And so I practiced it in front of a group and they had some questions and some suggestions. And I was like, okay, this is good. Then I recorded it and I sent it to like five or six different people. And they were like, it sounds great. And so then I went and did it and got, uh, 
I was so surprised because I know this is not going to come as a surprise to any of you, but I thought I was going to be the best and they were going to all stand up and just start cheering about how great I was. But they had serious, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) They had, you know, serious issues with what I was saying. And it was a type of talk that I've never really given before. And I really did need to learn these things, but I was so surprised, you know, so it is hard to get that feedback, but I think it helped me to take speaking a little bit more seriously and take my audience more seriously and think more about them. Yeah, I actually spent some time recording myself. Rather, it was on my phone. It sounds so dorky. I can't believe I'm sharing this with you guys, but I would stand in my room and put my phone like on a shelf and record myself and practice moving and speaking and give the whole thing to an audience of none. And that's hard. It's hard to take yourself seriously and to put yourself in that position. But then I would make myself watch it. And I think I learned um, more about it doing that than I did any other way, honestly. So that was a good way to prepare for sure. Um, So number six. Okay, wait, I want to say something about that. I don't do that, but if I did, I know exactly what my response would be. I would be like, oh man, she is so cute. She looks so good. And I I would not learn anything from it. You're much more critical, which is so good about that. So you have to know your personality. Do you need to put it in some in front of someone else who's gonna really tell you what you need to hear rather yeah. than just, you know, encourage you? Because I'm like, oh, I'm always encouraging myself, you know. So <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> Uh, So number six, network and ask for help. So yeah, well, you just booked a bunch of events. So how did you do that? Okay, so I, one of the things I did at the last event we were at that was a bigger one, um, people that told me I did well or that were other speakers there specifically, if they said, I enjoyed listening to you, I, you know, um, you did great. I would then ask Uh, if they had any opportunities or if they had any advice for how I could book more events. And anytime you put yourself in a place um, of humility and asking for help, typically people do want to help you and they love when you ask them. So I probably had, I don't know, maybe eight or nine people be like, okay, yeah, let me help you. Let me get you connected here. I actually do know of an event. So Um, I would say I probably will have booked five events from this one event by doing that, by simply asking for help. And um, granted, these are in the future. These won't be this year, but next year. But it's still, you got to start thinking about the future, especially when you're speaking. Sometimes people book you a year or more out. So um, it's never too early to start networking and asking people for help or DMing them, direct messaging, or Facebook messaging them. I found um, different events I wanted to speak for, and I would message them and just say, hey, um, I love your event. Who do I get in touch with to potentially speak at your event? And lots of times the person running the Instagram would actually be the person I needed to get in touch with, Um, but I didn't want to be so forward as to ask, can I speak at your event, or can I have the application? Um, but it would just kind of get the uh, conversation started and give me a segue into either having a conversation or getting an application link or them looking at my Instagram and being like, okay, let's talk. Can you talk on the phone? So network and ask for help. 
Awesome. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about that one because I think one of the ways in the photography industry that you get speaking things is by winning contests. Which is that that is how we got started is by winning the national photographer of the year and that type of thing. What's funny about that is it does not make you a good speaker. Right. (laughs) But Kaya, you guys had a large event and you would be looking for people. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. How would you find people? Good, good reminding. Yes. So we did do a, we would hold a conference every year for five or 600 photographers. And that was my job self-appointed to pick, to plan the speaking lineup. And so we did, we did. So what I would do, because I knew so many people in the industry is I would think about what I wanted to have happen or what was happening in the in the industry itself, like what were the trends and what did people need to learn? And then who is doing a good job at this and who can teach the people these things? Yeah. And so just being good at what you're doing helps and starts it. So I wouldn't say that we necessarily in, because we were so specific to our industry, I wasn't looking for industry speakers a lot of times, unless they were someone that was doing something new and different. And so, but we would also find speakers outside of the industry. So is that what you were asking about? Yeah. I was just curious, like, how would you find a speaker if you were running an event? Well, I would often go to listen to people speak at small events. Okay. That was one, definitely one way where there are lots of little like state events and we had a national one. And so we would go and listen to the people at the state ones that were doing something new and different. Okay. And I feel like for me, if, as far as speaking in the photography industry, it's going to be similar still where it's going to be, I'll book the bigger events by probably speaking at a smaller level first. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Number seven, build a following. So this is the building blocks for a long-term career in the industry. And so also this is important to know your why. Are you doing it to have a long-term business speaking or do you just have something you want to talk about short term or are you going to write a book? I think either way, it's important to build a following rather it's on social media or maybe it's literally a following of people that you keep in touch with and that encourage you. Um, but I'm a big fan of social media and creating your following there, rather it's Facebook or Instagram and um, having their support and having them grow with you. And that way, if you do decide to write that book, which is really common for speakers to write a book or get into coaching, you have a foundation of people that might be interested in the services you're going to be offering one day. Well, I think that the following is really important too, because when you speak for an event, it really helps them if you are bringing people to their event. And so they're looking for people. If you have a bigger following, then you can help their event grow too. So number eight is give generously. So my personality, when I am going to speak, I want to hold back information. Even though I do want to help people, I don't want to give them all of the secrets and all of the info at once because what if they use it and they do it better and then it makes me obsolete. So that's kind of just an... um, a fear I have that I've always had. Um, but it's been cool because Kaya doesn't have that fear. She actually views it kind of differently. 
Well, actually, I was listening to podcasts for a while. And that was like when, when online marketing came into being, there really wasn't anything for before I started listening to people and they kept saying, you have to give, you have to give good information in order for people to want to purchase whatever you're selling or teaching. And that really made a difference to me that there had to be a lot of free information. I do think that the way people share has changed over the years. So maybe 30 or 40 years ago, a lot of it was closed. You couldn't get in and get the information, Mm -hmm. you know, going to the library would be a way to do it, but there was no internet. There was no way to search it all out there. And so if you wanted to learn from Tony Robbins, you had to buy Tony Robbins tapes and have them in your car. There was, there was no place to go find it. And so now because of the, how easy it is to get information, people can go and find it. They can search it and they can even, you know, oftentimes people will put everything that they know on a blog, but people, but then they sell it and people buy this, the course that they're selling because they're not willing to go and read the whole blog. They want it to be spoon fed to them. And so it's okay to give your information for free because people can find it anyway most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe even better that you are the one to give it so that it originates with you even. If you've got something that you think is new and different, absolutely. Getting into the jump on it makes definitely helps. All right. So number nine. If you're really wanting to do this, I recommend that you get help or get some coaching, take some classes. Um, I have been using the Speaker Lab. I know I've referenced them already, but they are awesome. They have a whole podcast themselves, or you can get um, one-on-one coaching. They have um, webinars they do pretty often, but educate yourself. You know, like I was just sharing There's a world of information at our fingertips for free, and I can't encourage you enough to self-educate and get the help if if you really want to do this. Um, There are also clubs you can be in online, um, groups you can join on Facebook. So um, if, if you're wanting to do it for a career, I would recommend you be spending five or six hours a week investing in developing your skill as a speaker. Yes. And we'll also put a link to a movement coach that I've heard and she was really good. So if you are thinking of really getting out there and wanting to learn how to use your body to, to make sure you're emphasizing what you're saying and not taking away from it, that would be a a valuable link too. Have you worked with her? Yes. She was at an event that I was at. Yeah. And it was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so number 10. Here we go, last one. Kaya, do you want to share about this one? Yes, so when we were doing our event, we would work with a speaking agency to bring in speakers that were outside of the industry and also just that we knew were really good so that the people that were coming to our event would get something that was above and beyond. And so here in Kansas City, uh, I don't know if this agency is still open but we can put a link to it and see it, see if we can find it. But they would hold days where all of their top speakers would come in and give a little like bite-sized presentation. And so you could go and listen to 20 different speakers and they would have their books and you could meet them in person and decide if you wanted to hire them or not. 
and it, they weren't cheap. Even today, that was, you know, this was 10 years ago. They were still five to 10 grand typically. And now I think they're probably more when you're uh, with an agency and speaking like that. But it was a great way to, for them to be in front of, like as a the photographer, I would never have heard these people. And so it helped me to kind of see who they were. And the other people that were there listening were, you know, people that would worked at big corporate companies and wanted to bring in speakers that would educate their employees and other people that had conventions. So yeah, it, that was, that's a great way. And so you could put your name on a list online too. There's the womenspeakers.com. That's for like women who speak in a, like a Christian setting. And I'm sure there are others too, that they can be free or ha- cost just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So these are our main top 10 tips. We could keep talking about it, but I do have a little bonus tip for you guys. I was kind of thinking as I was listening to Kaya, sometimes you will have to start for free. You'll have to start by not making money. And so if you're listening to this and you have this burning question of, well, how much will I make? How do I charge? I know that that was a common question or thought that went through my head. Um, you may have to do it for free a few times so that you get some experience under your belt. Then you might have to start with only charging $500 and then work your way up. Um, like I said, for the more experienced speakers, they might be making five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 an event, but usually they're very seasoned and have books and quite a large following that they can bring to the table as well. So just remember, um, wherever you are, just Getting a start, even if it's a free event, it's worth it to get some experience. But then I also wanted to share with you guys, we do have something we're offering for free. If you listen to this and you're like, I have so many questions, we are offering for you to book um, a call with us for one big question. So you can write down your question, have it thought out, and then you can um, talk to us on the phone. One of us will answer your question. So maybe it's about speaking, maybe it's about the photography industry or something business related. We do wanna help you and we are passionate about it. So if you have a question, reach out to us and as usual, um, follow us from Nothing to Profit on Instagram and um, on our personal accounts and you're welcome to reach out that way. If you have ideas, things that we could be talking about or topics that you want to know more about reach out to us direct message us and um, we're excited that we're here with you today and thank you for listening to from nothing to profit